the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tomorrow can be bigger. Just grow, let the world overflow. Yeah. Live a life bigger than yourself. You're created for greatness. Live a life bigger than yourself. You are listening to the Live Big Broadcast with Bishop Derek Greer, the radio ministry of Grace Church in Dumfries, Virginia. We're so glad you joined us, and we pray that you are strengthened and transformed by God's Word today. Are you ready? Let's get into the Word as we continue the teaching from our previous broadcast. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord, watch this, not everybody, but everyone who sought the Lord, that's the qualifier, went out to Moses' tent or the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. You see, those who are seeking the Lord will gravitate toward others who are doing the same. It's just the way people are. And this is one of the reasons why I don't worry so much like I used to as a younger guy about church growth. Because I've learned the hungry will come. John Wesley, he, he, he said it this way. And it's helped me for a lot of years. He said, light yourself on fire with passion for God. And people will come from miles to watch you burn. So it was... Whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle, that all the people would stand and salute him and and honor him and show him respect. Each man would stand at his tent door. But watch this. And watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. If you're going to lead, you must be willing to be watched. Sure. People will scrutinize. Sure, people will criticize. But a real leader who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. We will always gain so much more respect by what we do than what we say. And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle or his own tent, that the the presence of God that wouldn't be with the people anymore showed up in his home. So what might be happening in the nation, what might be happening in your neighborhood, in the church, or in the schools, doesn't mean God can't show up in your house. The pillar descended, and and the pillar and the cloud were the sign of God's presence at that time. And the Lord talked with Moses. So we don't just get into God's presence to feel a couple goosebumps. We get into his presence so we can have a conversation, so, so we can hear from God. Now, God said that he would not be in the midst of the people. But, but here's the deal. If you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. But if you're looking for an opportunity, you'll find that too. Stay with me. As I said... God said, I'll not be with the people, but he didn't say, I won't be with you, Moses. 
So even when the church is not on fire, God can be a pillar of fire in my life, in my situation, my circumstance. If I'm looking for an excuse, I'll blame my setting. If I'm looking for an opportunity, I'll find my knees. Verse 12. Then Moses said to the Lord, Moses' prayer life was, was, was powerful. He said, Lord, you say to me, bring up this people. Moses is about to have a no-holds-barred conversation with God. And sometimes we got to be less religious and more honest in our conversation with God. Some conversations with God are not pretty. If you, if you listen to Jeremiah, listen to Job, listen to the things they said to God. And, and you know, God doesn't want to talk like I said to you many times before. He wants to talk to you, not, not your alter ego. He doesn't want to talk to who you think you are. He wants to talk to you who you really are. And sometimes those types of conversations can be a little bit embarrassing. Because you'd be like, I thought I was better than that. I thought I grew beyond that. But, but, but here, we see that despite all the miracles... I mean, he met God in a burning bush. Despite all the things that God had, had done, we see that Moses had some issues with God. And since we're clay and we're earth and God is God, we're not always going to agree. We're not always going to understand. If you always understand God, you must be Jesus. But even with that, when it came to, to, to Calvary, the master said, Lord, not my will, but thine be done. Even Jesus was looking for a way to do things differently than the father had in mind. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you, you, you say to me, bring up this people. And Moses like, listen, God, you called me. I was on the backside of the desert. I, I married this Ethiopian woman. I'm not talking about you. <laughs> I married this woman, you know, hanging out with Jeffro. I'm, 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 I'm tending the sheep, minding my business, made peace with the fact I'm not in Pharaoh's house anymore, made peace with the fact Egypt, Egypt is behind me, and you showed up in the burning bush. So, Lord, don't act as if this problem you're having with the people is only my problem. So, so you hear the level of a little bit of frustration going on in, in, in the life and the heart of, of Moses. And this is, by the way, why, why, one of the reasons we dedicate our children. Because when my, my kids go sideways, or in the past when they were young, they're not perfect now, but when they were young. <laughs> like, Lord, you came in that child. I mean, many little things. Okay, I'm not going to say that. This, uh, okay. Uh, the DNA that combined... I'm going to stop. Just, you, you know what I'm trying to say. It was one in a million chance. And you sovereignly, providentially managed that chance. So that big-headed child, it's first yours. You gave him to me. So, Lord, you give me the grace to handle that child. I don't know who I'm speaking to you right now. But if God gave it to you, he'll give you the grace to handle it. Okay. <laughs> and then Moses kind of goes in more. It's like, you know, but you've not let me know who you sent with me. You said the angel's going to go with me, but uh, 
What's that about? Then you, you go on, you say you, you're going you know, you, to send an angel, but then you're not specific about, you know, which one or all that. And, and yet you say you know my name. You, you, you act like we're intimate. You act like we're friends. You, you act like you're closer to me than anyone in Israel. You, 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 yet you said, I know your name and, and that I have also found grace in, in your sight. I mean, I mean, come on. I mean, Noah found grace in your sight. That, he built him an ark and, and he saved the world. I mean, you're, you're acting like me and you are so close, so tight. But, 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 but Lord, um, Sometimes you speak in such generalities, I feel like I need to hire a lawyer to really understand exactly what you're saying. And he's a little bit frustrated. Already we're going to this land that I'll show you. He'd never been in the land and he don't have a map of the land. Just everything is so general and it's like, Lord, we're supposed to be close. And would you please get specific? Then he said, now, therefore, I pray, if it's true that I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you. And then I might truly, in a way that I understand, find grace in your sight. God, listen, you're frustrating to me. God, God, I, I need to better understand you. I need to understand how you think. I need to understand your ways. If I'm really your man, God, show me your heart. And then he leans in a little bit more. And, uh, you know, he didn't have Jesus to intercede for him. So Moses is just like Christ is our intercessor. Um, Moses back then was their intercessor. Uh, thank God Jesus is going in for us uh, instead of Moses. But, 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 but still, there's a type and a shadow here. And, and then he, he adds, he said, and God, while you're at it, consider that this nation is your people. Mm-hmm. God, stop acting like these folks are just my problem. They are your people. It's funny how, you know, when my boys were little, when they did something right, I'd be like, that's my son, that's my son, that's my son. But when they did something wrong, I'd look at my wife and be like, Pastor, that's your son, that's your son, that's, that's your son. And God said, Moses, my presence will go with you and I will give you so he's really wants God to go with the people but God says you know my presence will go and actually with you if you're using the New King James Version it's in a slant there meaning it was inserted by the uh, translators meaning my, he said really my presence will go and I will give you rest and, 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 and Moses is like what are you saying Moses is like I'm not leaving this place of prayer until you're crystal clear. Confidence without clarity is a catastrophe waiting to happen. And sometimes we leave too quick and we don't allow God to make things clear. So Moses leans in even further and he said, listen God, I know you're God and everything, but if your present does not go with us, not just me, us, Do not bring us up from here. Moses got really, really bold here. And he threw God's promise back in his face. And he also expanded it from just God being with him to God being with us. And that's what Jesus did at the cross. God was always with Jesus. The issue was could God be with us? You hear what I'm saying? And the cross was all about God interceding for God that would be with us in the midst of us. You hear what I'm saying? Where two or three are gathered in his name, there he is in the midst of 
us. So how could Moses be so bold and get away with it? And that's what I want to spend the rest of my time talking about, and I'm, I'm just about done here. Moses said, if your presence does not go with us. Now, God promised that they get into the promised land. So the promise God committed to that, that he committed to the fact that it would come to pass. This is important because we're about to learn from Moses. Moses would not just settle for a promise. He wanted a relationship. Pursuing God for only what you can get in return is not a relationship. It's a transaction. Moses says, listen, God, um, I followed you because of you, not just because of what you had to offer. I didn't just sign up for some land. I signed up to be with you. Now, this is an aside, and I don't want to get stuck there. But in the book of Mark, Jesus calls his disciples, and then he gives them their assignment. He, you know, he calls a whole bunch of disciples. He picks the 12 out of the group. And then he says, this is what I need you to do. Your job is to be with me and then go out to preach, cast out demons and all the rest. But what was their first assignment? To be with him. And many of us, we want, you know, the various promises. We, we want the, the power in, in, in business, the power in ministry, the platform. We, we want to cast out demons and all the rest. But, but the prerequisite to all of that was first them being with Jesus. Now, thank God for church. But you know when church is most powerful? It's when people are first with God and then come to church. In fact, in the book of Acts, the people were given a major offering, and they said they gave themselves first to the Lord and then to us. If your presence does not go with us, Lord, I'm not leaving here. Do not bring us up from here. And he was saying, I'd rather poverty in God's presence than riches without it singleness with some loneliness from time to time than a marriage without God's hand. I'd rather a a marriage that needs God's help than just a marriage to a person I think I like. If God is with me, I can handle the world against me, God. But my first priority is I got to be with you, God. I got to feel your touch. I got to sense your hand. You see, I'm becoming a man of a certain age, if you will. And you start reflecting as you get a little bit older. And I look back over my life and I start thinking about, you know, uh, what worked, what didn't work, and, and, and how life was. Was it worth it? And, 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 and all the rest. And I began to think, and I was like, well, you know what? Um, maybe I should have did that. You know, did the, or, you know what? Man, that thing hurt. Um, oh, that was a disappointment. But then I began to think about it. You know what? Those 38 years, God was with me. Yeah, there was sickness, there was pain, there was bad things that happened, but I knew who to run to, I knew who to go to. I'd cry at times, but then I look up and sense his presence. 
I worshiped through some of the toughest days of my life. And I could look to heaven and know God heard. So it wasn't about a perfect life. It was about experiencing a perfect God in the midst of it all. So I, I look back over my life and I'm grateful. I look back over my life, I am happy. I look back over my life and I am content because he, he, he has been footsteps in the sand. He has carried me. He has kept me. Even when it hurt, even when I was broke. He was a present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. Present help in trouble. So it's not about the things I got didn't get, the things I thought didn't think, but God's been with me. God's with my family. God's with my church. God's in everything I do. I sense him. I feel him. A lot of folks got to get into drugs and all the rest of that. I got God. And he's a present help. Watch this. When everything's right. The Bible says, he's my present help in trouble. I've gone through trouble. Trouble's been in my way. You got to cry sometimes. You got to scream sometimes. But God was with me. I'm going to stop in a second. But now I'm going to recall, I'm going to make you recall some of your Bible learning. Remember the prodigal son? The prodigal son only wanted the promise of the father. He had wealth and he was like, you know, listen, give me your money as if you were dead so I could go and do my thing. But the older son stayed back. And the older son got bitter about the, the younger son when he came home because there was a party celebration and all that, killed the fatted cat and all this stuff. And he's like, why are you having this party for this boy? You know he's out there wilding out and doing all that crazy stuff. And, and you got to celebrate that? What type of father are you? And the father's response at first is a little bit odd. But he, he said, son, you've always had me with you. Always. You see, in his presence is safety. When you live in God's presence, you won't waste your life. You hear what I'm saying? That the younger brother lost everything he had. And he didn't get it back when he came home. The older brother still had the inheritance and he had to look to older brother. But older brother stayed in the presence. And you can spare yourself a lot of grief. Not just looking for the promise, but staying in his presence and valuing it. You see, if, if God's absence doesn't matter, his presence never really meant anything. If many of us, well, God, I want you to fix this, fix that. And God's like, yeah, yeah, I'll do that because I'm, I'm that type of God. But sometimes he delays to let some things surface in us. I've told this story before, but I'm going to tell it one more time. There was a goldsmith that was training an apprentice to um, handle gold. And, um, you know, if you don't know much about mining, gold comes out of the ground, but it's mixed with all different types of ores and, and all the rest. 
So in order for gold to become like the gold that we find in our computers or on your fingers and all the rest, it has to first be purified. And the way the, the goldsmith purifies the gold is by heating it up. And he would do this over and over again until he was satisfied. So, you know, he'd heat the gold up, put some fire on it, and then he'd let it cool down. Then he heated it up again. This time it might be a little bit hotter. And then he'd do it again. Um, and then he heated it up and, uh, uh, you know, even hotter. And he, he would do this over and over again. And one day the apprentice asked him, he said, um, um, you know, sir, when do you know when you're done? And the goldsmith looked at the apprentice and he said, when I can look into the gold and see my reflection. You see, when all of the black dross is burnt out, you can see your reflection in gold. And what God is saying, you're going to keep going through the fire. Until I could see my reflection, until I could see my son, until I could see Jesus in the gold. You say, say, Bishop, that was a little bit of strength. Well, Peter said it this way. Our faith is even more precious than gold, even though it goes through fire. And God will take us through series of hot seasons to get the dross and the things that surprise us, the stuff we didn't think was in us, to surface. Man, I, I, so many times I thought I was more saved than I was, more sanctified than I was. But put me in fire long enough, stuff started to surface. Something I thought 20 years ago I resolved, 10 years ago I resolved, started to surface. And the heat caused it to surface so, so, so it could come to the top and God could swipe it off and clean me up. And he can look at me and see his reflection. Yeah. So right here, they're under pressure. And sometimes you have to choose, because we walk away from God sometimes because the promise hasn't come to pass. And then we discover we're really seeking the promise, not the presence of the giver. So sometimes God delays and you go through this thing so, so you could get clean and you could get to the place. It don't matter what she says about me. It doesn't matter how I feel in my body. It doesn't matter how much money I have in my pocket. It doesn't matter how many friends I have. Lord, if you are with me, that's all that matters. I, I, I be, I, I don't, Lord, put me in the battlefield. As long as you're with me on the battlefield, God, I'll be happier there than I'll be in some small town on the bus. God, I just need your presence. And sometimes God has to simplify our lives. You say, well, Lord, I'd be happy if I had that, if I had that, if I had a marriage like them, if I had money like them, if I had this like them, if I looked like them, if I acted like them, had an education like them. If I... But God's like, well, what about me? What about me? Do you want all of that? And what's amazing is he gives it to us often. But Moses understood the most important thing was his presence. Lord, if your presence doesn't go with us, 
If I stop experiencing God's presence in this church, I'm not pastoring no more. If your presence doesn't go with us, don't bring us up from here. And my whole goal this morning was to get the cry of Moses into your heart. I can't tell you how much happier you'll be when you don't put conditions on your happiness. When the only condition is God, you can be okay in a prison. You could be okay in, in famine. You could be okay in the crazy times in which we live. If your priority is the presence. Many of us would have been like, okay, he still promised me the, the promised land. I'm good. But Moses is like, no, 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 no. Don't give me stuff that you're not in. He said, Lord, unless you go with us, don't bring us up from here. Come for salvation, come for healing, come for forgiveness, come for mercy and redemption, but stay because he's worthy. Give God a hallelujah and a hand clap. Hallelujah. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Amen. Yes, 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 yes. That message today was really mostly for folks that have been on a journey with the Lord. But some of us have strayed on the way just like they did at Mount Sinai. And God is saying, come. You've been listening to Live Big with Bishop Derek Greer. We pray that God's word has equipped you to think big, do big, and live big in a way that your life overflows and blesses those around you. If you want to learn more about becoming a Christian, we want to walk you through the steps to do so. Go to gracechurchva.org slash salvation to find out more and watch videos from Bishop Greer that will guide you into your life in Christ. Again, that's gracechurchva.org slash salvation. We invite you to worship with us online each Sunday on our YouTube channel at GraceChurchVATV. While you're there, remember to subscribe and hit the notification bell to get all of our latest content. That's our time for today. Until next time, remember... You have what it takes in Christ to live big. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.